Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. Amen. Amen. You may be seated in heavenly places. (laughs) So I'm, thank you, Cody. I'm in Isaiah 55. I'm going to read, first of all, out of the the New King James translation, the New King James version, and then I'm going to read from the message translation. Are you there tonight? Praise God. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, <laughs> nor are my ways, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, So are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down, and the snow from heaven do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be. That goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Everybody say amen. I'm going to read to you now out of the Passion Translation, if you have it there in your laps. The same verses in verse 8. Are you ready? I don't think the way that you think. Now, this is God. I don't think the way that you think, the way you work, isn't the way that I work, God decrees. For as the sky soars high above the earth, so the way I work surpasses the way you work. Don't you like that? And the way I think is beyond the way that you think. Just as rain and snow descend from the sky and don't go back until they've watered the earth, doing their work of making things grow and blossom, producing seed for farmers and food for the hungry, so will the words that come out of my mouth not come back empty-handed. They'll do the work. Hallelujah. They'll do the work I sent them to do. Watch this. They'll complete the assignment I gave them. Go ahead. Yeah, I feel that too. They'll do the work that I send them to do. The word that God sends out, it will accomplish and fulfill its destination and its assignment. You know, Jesus is the Word that became flesh and dwelt among us. He perfectly fulfilled His assignment. He came forth from the Father. He returned back unto the Father, and He fulfilled His assignment in full, in perfection. Jesus fulfilled His assignment, His mission, with perfection unto the Father. And you know what? God has that same dream and desire over you and I. I want to talk to you the next couple moments about defining the moment. Take some notes tonight. I believe tonight will be very key and very important. I want to talk to you about defining the moment. Leonard Ravenhill wrote these words, and he said, The opportunity of a lifetime must be seized in the lifetime of that opportunity. One more time. The opportunity of a lifetime must be seized in the window of that opportunity. I'm talking to us tonight about defining the moment and seizing our opportunity. Because God longs for you and I To arise in faith, not cower back, not cower down in fear or passivity in this hour. But he dreams of you and I 
being raised up in the power of the Holy Ghost for this hour, for the gospel of the kingdom, that we would literally be the ones that would seize our opportunity, seize our hour, and we will define the next season. We will define the next era. We will define what happens through the open door by the Holy Ghost. Come on. If you're anything like me, and I think you are like me, and I think I'm like you, I do not like missed opportunities. I do not like missed opportunities. I mean, there, there's a sale going on, Brian, down at Dairy Queen, and you missed it. Blizzards were on sale. Are you with me? I don't like missing opportunities. But I don't like missing big opportunities. Are you hearing me? The greatest days in church history are not in our past. The greatest days in church history is not behind us. They are in our present, and they are in our near future. If you can believe that, then you can say amen. If you don't believe that, you can't. The greatest days... For church history on the earth are just ahead of us. There is something that is amazing happening. There is something strategic that is happening right now that God is moving us towards a crescendo of human history and time. In its most epic fullness where we are going to see the triumphant, victorious return of King Jesus. Woo! It's like fire in my bones. Woo! He's coming. It's like fire in my bones. I am looking for his appearing. I am dreaming of his appearing. I am in fascination of his appearing. While the scoffers and the mockers and the naysayers can say what they want, nothing can stop his coming. He's coming. But we are racing towards an epic crescendo of time. And in this, I believe, I believe in this new era, the church... The glorious church that Jesus promised he was building. He's the master architect. He's the one building the church that the gates of hell will not prevail against. And this triumphant, victorious church that he will build will do the greatest exploits. They will release the greatest power the greatest manifestation of the glory of God to the nations of the earth will be upon those sons and daughters. That's you and I. Come on, give God praise. Come on, give God praise. That's you and I. It's what you were born for. That's what you were born for. That's why you're alive, to prophesy, to declare the word of the Lord, to declare, declaring his gospel, heralding his coming. To prepare the way of the Lord. It's why you're alive. To prepare the way of the Lord. Glory. I said something last week, and I'm going to stick to it. I believe it's prophetic that we are moving into what we will call the roaring 20s. <laughs> I believe it. I believe this is going to be a decade, an era where the lions of God and the lioness of God find their prophetic authority. Find and discover their prophetic authority, prophetic voice. That voice of faith. That voice of faith. That voice of faith that speaks and declares the word of the Lord for it to be established. You're going to find your roar. You're going to find your roar. If you'll be the man and the woman of God that will stand in the voice of the Lord. If you'll stand 
unto the Lord and minister to the face of the Lord, you will begin to hear the roar of the lion of the tribe of Judah, and it will so reverberate in your spirit, down in your bones, down in your blood, and you will begin to say what God is saying. You'll begin to say what God is saying. And when you say what God is saying, all heaven will back you up. All heaven will back you up. I believe we're going to see the church moving in such glory and such power. This is the church that we're a part of. <laughs> you and I are invited. We're invited. To partake in the lion's share. <laughs> I've heard it from heaven. I've heard it from my father. I got an invitation to partake in the lion's share. I got an invitation. You have an invitation. You have an invitation to the lion's share. Some of you got that. God wants us to experience the spoils of victory. The spoils of victory. The prophets are describing this time in the body of Christ that we are moving into a new era. Write it down, a new era. The prophets are describing we're moving into a new era. Last week I said that a new era, it means a new period in history. It's a new period in history that something is going to be released through the kingdom that is unlike anything we've ever experienced before. It's unlike anything we've ever experienced before. That means it's not vague, it's not blurry, it's marked, it's visible, it's clear. There's going to be a demarcation that we're going to know that is clear. That is the Lord. That is the witness. That is the power of God. That is the word of the Lord. It's not going to be foggy. It's not going to be blurry. It's going to be clear. It's going to be visible. It's going to mark a magnificent new era. And this new era is potent with the power of the Holy Ghost. It's time for us to engage fully to define the moment, to define the moment. And that's what you hunger for. It's what you crave. It's what you're thirsty for. That's really what you're thirsty for. That's why you were born for such a time as this. Two weeks ago, I shared about a special woman in the scriptures. Her name was Esther. And God used her to become like the point of, it, of the arrow. And God used Mordecai as an intercessor. And God used these two individuals as to literally become the tipping point to write a new story of salvation, a story of reformation, a story of redemption. While, while Haman was plotting demonically the demise to destroy the entirety of the Jewish people, the, see, there was a, de, a demonic plot and storyline being written. Yet God was moving on two individuals. Does God need a majority? No, he doesn't. Two individuals. See, Mordecai was speaking destiny into Esther's life. It is for such a time as this you have come into the kingdom. God is raising you up. Will you receive your assignment? She was the one that we quote, and she says, if I perish, I perish, but she will do her assignment. Are you with me tonight? God raised these two individuals up to bring a storyline, a miracle story that no one else saw coming. But all the while, God was writing another story of salvation and power and deliverance. 
Now, maybe i got to say it to you like this. That there's a narrative, there's a story of fake news going on right now throughout the nations and the land. But God, but God, almighty God, is writing a story of redemption and ultimate comeback and turnaround. Or are we getting drunk on the news to we're so duped that we can't believe that the gospel is a gospel of power and a gospel of glory that's going to shake the nations? My God. The opportunity of a lifetime has to be seized in the lifetime of that opportunity. And in very essence, that's what Mordecai told Esther. And that's what I'm telling you tonight as the glorious, radiant bride of Christ. It is time for you and I to seize our moment. It is time for us to define the moment. God uses tipping point people. And who are they? They are the ones who decide how to define the moment. You need to stop letting life happen to you. Mm, I just felt that. Jesus is raising up. His church, his ecclesia, his sons and daughters, the ones called out. God calls you his ruling body. Write it down. He calls you his ruling body. That's what the ecclesia is. It doesn't just mean church. It's the legislative body. He calls you a ruling body. God calls you a reigning body. Think of that. Think of that. Are you writing this down? He's calling you a ruler. You are destined to reign. You are destined to rule. You are destined to move with God. You are called to be a govern, governing intercessor in this hour to declare God's will on earth as it is in heaven. God's calling you and I to rise up and define this moment. He will raise us up to define this new era. He will. I want you to think about the millions upon millions upon millions of prayers of intercession from the saints going on around the world that has been stockpiling and filling up the bowls in heaven. I, now I'm not going to tell you that I've got major revelation on that because it just whacks me out. To think that God had, you can read it in Revelation 5, you can read it in Revelation 8, that there's literally bowls before the throne of God, that God and His wonder and the mystery of God in the mind and the brilliance and the wonder of God, that He has created bowls that have to be filled up with the prayers of the saints before He takes them and pours them on planet earth. That's powerful. I wouldn't have come up with that, but I'm not God. I wouldn't have come up with that one. But there's something in the mind and in the mystery and in the brilliance of God. See, that God desires you and I to enter into a divine partnership to begin to work with God, speak with God, decree with God, stand in the gap with God. And become the man and the woman of God in the earth that stands in agreement and says, God, your kingdom come. Your will be done. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in the earth in this hour as it is in heaven. I don't like it quiet in here sometimes. Romans 8, 11. It says these words. It says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. The point is this, folks. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives and dwells on the inside of us. Let your heart and your mind swim in that the rest of your life. Just swim in that the rest of your life. The same spirit 
that raised Jesus from the dead, where the Father manifested his power and glory according to Ephesians 2 by taking his son and raising him up from the dead. He manifested his power. He put that kind of power on the inside of us. There is more power on the inside of you than all of the armies of the earth combined. The Holy Ghost is within us. What in the world are we capable of doing? Everything. Let yourself go there. And I want to encourage someone out there tonight. You have been prepared for this new era. You have been prepared for this new era. Take it personal tonight. You've been prepared. There is revelation from the apostles and prophets that is being released. God is releasing dreams to you. God is speaking to you in your night seasons. He's giving you dreams. He's giving you revelation. He's giving you prophetic words. He's given his angel armies that are commanded by the Holy Spirit to assist you and I. I want to tell you tonight, folks, we can do this. We can do this. This is our time. This is our hour. This is our watch. We can do this. I got some more good news. Anybody want some good news? God is a watchman. God is a watchman. He tells a prophet, Jeremiah, this is chapter 1, verse 12. He says, Jeremiah, what I want you to know about me, I watch over my word to make sure that it accomplishes what I send it forth to do. I watch over my word to make sure it gets done and it gets accomplished. I'm telling you what, that should really encourage you personally right now. That God is watching over you. He is watching over your calling, your destiny, your children, your household. He's watching over you to make sure that his word that came forth out of his mouth does not return unto him void, but it will accomplish the assignment. The assignment. The assignment that he sent forth his word to do in you. God's a watchman. God's a watchman. I'm going to tell you something. I remind myself of this all the time. That God is watching over this work that we're involved in. This isn't on my shoulders. This is on the good shepherd's shoulders. He watches over this work. Because it matters to him. Oh, it matters to him. Glory to God. He's watching over you. He's watching over you. Now, I want to take you back to Isaiah 55 about this prophetic word. I want you to see this tonight, that God begins to speak to the prophet Isaiah. And he gives him this prophetic word. And it's important that we understand. It's so important that we understand that this is a prophetic word. In verse 11, again, I'm in the message, and God tells him, he said, this word, it will do the work that I send them to do. I, I, I love that because when I, when I read that, I see Jesus saying, I love the work that the Father sent me to do. It is my food. He said, my food is to do the work of my Father. Don't you love that? My God. In verse 11, he says, it'll do the work I send it forth to do. They will accomplish the assignment I gave them. See, prophetic words have assignments. Write it down. Prophetic words have assignments. They're not just to give you nice goosebumps. Prophetic words aren't to just give you nice goosebumps and you wrote in your journal, yeah, so-and-so gave me a word. No, if you got a real word from God, that means God has attached an assignment on your destiny and on your life. He has connected that assignment to you that you must fulfill. That you must fulfill. 
Oh my, I'm letting that settle in. I want to give you an example of this tonight. Say this, prophetic words have assignments. Prophetic words have assignments. I want to take you into a story for just a minute. It's a young girl, it's Mary, and, a, and Gabriel, an archangel, has come to her. She's a young girl. An archangel named Gabriel comes to her, and this is what he says. He says, you're going to have a son. You're going to have a son. It's an immaculate conception. She says, how is this even possible? I have never even been with a man. Now, notice she's thinking on a natural plane. Remember, God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your... Now, don't let that discourage you when you hear God speak like that. Because when we hear God say, my thoughts are not your thoughts, my ways are not your ways, that's where we step into an invitation of the lion's share, and we begin to inquire of the Lord, Lord, what are your thoughts and your intentions towards me? It's not, it's not that you're getting blocked out. It's, like, it's not like God's saying, hey, you can't come up here. You have full access. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You have full access, and it's an invitation to you to inquire of the Lord. Lord, what is your thoughts on this? It's what we do as intercessors as we stand before the Lord. God, what is your mind and your thoughts right now for Syria? What is your thoughts in your mind for the Kurdish people? What is your thought in mind for Israel? Are you hearing what I'm saying? You inquire of the Lord. So I don't want that to discourage you when you hear God saying, Hey, my, my ways are so far above, like the, like the heavens above. That shouldn't discourage you. It should encourage you to seek and inquire, as Jesus said, Ask and seek and knock, and it shall be given unto you. She's having a conversation with an angel. This is pretty awesome stuff. Hey, this is pretty awesome stuff. She's having a conversation with one of the greatest archangels from the throne of God. Wow. Now, amazingly, when Mary starts asking questions, I want you to listen how Gabriel responds. And this is found in Isaiah chapter 7. Verse 14, he actually, <laughs> Gabriel actually quotes a prophecy that is recorded there. Now, I'm taking you somewhere. Gabriel doesn't say what he, whatever he wants to say. He doesn't come up with just some message. He actually takes her to a prophecy. Uh, I'm pointing you somewhere that angels... Angels look and they pay attention to prophetic words. Angels attend to prophetic words. Angels attend to assignments and destinies. And he said, and a virgin, this is what Isaiah wrote, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. When she's trying to figure out in the natural, how is this going to happen? I've never been with a man. She's on a natural plane. But then Gabriel lifts her into a supernatural realm that we call the prophetic. And he says... How this is going to happen is the word of the Lord that has been decreed is going to become a manifestation on the inside of you. You think I'm just romanticizing history right now? No. Because when the word of the Lord gets pregnant on the inside of us, then that's when we break forth and give birth to the kingdom. Are you with me? So the angel is paying attention to the prophetic word of a word that was given 700 years, nearly 800. Are you still with me? Nearly 800 years 
before Gabriel would have and enter into a conversation with Mary. Imagine that, giving a prophetic word. Everybody's dying off thinking, man, he didn't hear from God. <laughs> that was a crazy word, that whole thing about the virgin and all of that. Everybody's just dying off thinking that, that uh, Isaiah's all whack. Are you with me? Guess what? That was a real word from God. So the angel takes the conversation to a higher level and points her to the prophetic word that God had given. But this is how he answered. Gabriel goes on, and this is in Luke chapter 1, verse 37. And he says, with God, nothing will be impossible. Say it. With God, nothing will be impossible. Come on, are you still with me? Come on, talk. Say it. With God, nothing will be impossible. you got to decree it. Now, this word nothing, it doesn't mean zero. Gabriel's not saying that, that one thing is impossible with God. Now, surely we could make that case. There is nothing that is impossible with God. But actually, it's much deeper. It's much richer what he is saying to Mary. Because in the Greek, it's the word rhema. And he's saying there is no rhema from God. There is no rhema word that comes forth out of the mouth of God that is impossible. Write it down tonight. Rhema means this. Rhema means that God freshly speaks a word. It's like the prophetic. God freshly breathes or freshly speaks a word. He personalizes a word over you. It's a spirit-breathed word. You've had it happen many times. You've been reading the scriptures, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit breathed on that, and it became a revelation to you and became so alive. Those life-giving words penetrated your spirit like an arrow of fire and became part of you. It was a rhema word, and you knew it. Nobody had to convince you. Your spirit stood at attention. Boom. And you knew in that moment it was a rhema word. It was a spirit-breathed word. It wasn't just the logos, the written word. It was the spirit-breathed word of God. It was a fresh word. It was rhema. So he says there's no rhema that comes from God that's impossible. A freshly spoken word is a promise of God. It's when the Holy Spirit loses his anointing and causes the word to come alive. What happens is, is faith explodes within you. Remember the, remember the conversation between a young girl and an angel? She's having a conversation, and in her natural mind, it doesn't make any sense. The equation's really not working out in the natural realm. But what happens is, in her spirit, she knows... Something is right about this. In her spirit, even though in the natural, the equation doesn't equal this. In the conversation, she has a witness. And faith is loosed or spawned. Faith just burst open. And the seed of the Word of God is planted in her when she believes. And then her response is, be it unto me according to your Word. Don't you love that? Rhema is when the Holy Spirit takes words and makes them alive so that they produce in you. Produce in you. Hear that word. They will produce in you. They will get you pregnant. The word that is breathed from the Spirit of God will get you pregnant. Can you hear that, men? Can you hear that? Okay, be sober. Go ahead. <laughs> Gabriel says, he says, no rhema word from God will be impossible. Now, the word impossible in the Greek, it means these things. It means to be impotent. Wow. It means to be weak. It means to be unable. So an archangel is having a conversation with Mary, and he says, I'm going to say it to you like this. Mary, 
Listen to this. Mary, nothing that God says, hear this, nothing that God says, nothing that God promises you is impotent. Nothing that God speaks over you is weak. What God speaks over you will produce. Oh, we got to get our minds renewed to this. We got to get our heart around this tonight. See, God uses potent words of life. Jesus said, My words, they are what? Say it to me. They are. Spirit and they are life. Jesus says, my words, they are spirit. Say it. They are spirit and they are life. Jesus says, my words, they are spirit and they are life. Now, you think about that. You think about sitting on the Sea of Galilee and letting Jesus' words just roll over you. Gosh. Everything was responding to his voice. When he said, if you be silent, the rocks will cry out, he wasn't playing. Can you imagine what it was like for trees to touch Jesus? Can you imagine what it was like for olive branches to just come across his shoulders and touch him and leaves to touch him, every living thing? What it was like for the ground to house the creator, for him to walk through the streets of Jerusalem? For his words to roll over that region. My words, they are spirit. My words are life. My God. Anything that God prophesies is potent and it's powerful. Any promise that he makes to you and me. Any promise. It can impregnate us and it will work. It will produce. God will back up his word. How many of you believe this, that God is not a man that he should lie? God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. That's the word. Now, we're still in Isaiah 55. Mary believed it. Listen to this. She believed it in faith. She confessed it and said, be it unto me according to your word. So God says, prophetic rhema to Isaiah he said, so my words, they will come out of my mouth, and they'll not come back to me empty-handed. My words are going to come out of my mouth, and they're not going to come back to me empty-handed. This is a prophecy that he's releasing to Isaiah. They're going to do the work. They're going to complete the assignment that I give them. Number one, we've got to recognize tonight that the prophetic words and the, and the rhema word of God, they have assignments. Number two, God gives assignments to be recognized, to dis be discerned, to be believed and activated by people of faith. you got to activate the word and the promise of God. You have to receive the word by faith. That's the only way to receive a word. And the assignment, here it is, write it down. The assignment has to be cultivated and grown to completion. I want to say it like this. See, there's a seed planted, it's called conception. But a mother has to carry the baby. Sandra, you know all about this. It's not just getting pregnant. You have to carry the baby to full term or what I'll call completion tonight. Aren't you glad, folks, that there's a process of nine months between a seed and its completion? Think of that. I mean, I'm glad that when my wife got pregnant that the next morning it wasn't baby time. I had to let my brain get around it. I remember when she told me Christmas day that we were pregnant with Victoria. I about fell over. She stopped videotaping me, actually, when she told me. I was, I was in shock. I was mortified. It sure worked out, didn't it? <laughs> God is good. I know this is strong, but we cannot abort God's word. 
We cannot abort the seed and the promise of God. See, here it is. See, Mary had to believe the word at conception, but she had to do more. Hear this tonight. We're going somewhere. Mary had to do more than just believe the word in the beginning. She had to carry the word to its completion to give birth to it. A lot of people are excited to get a word. Get excited. Have zeal. Have passion. Burn with zeal. Burn with passion. It was a word. But guess what? There comes responsibility and partnership with God to carry a word to its completion. See, we're not just going through the motions in here. There's more that's going on. you just coming in week in, week out, week in. No, you're getting bathed and equipped for the hour that we are moving into for this new era. we got to carry this to completion. God's watching over us. He's watching over His Word. He's watching over you and I. He's listening to us. Stay with me here. Stay with me. Prophetic words don't just happen automatically. Whoa. Write it down. Prophetic words are not based on the sovereignty of God. Okay? You can't, you can't just say, well, God said it and it's going to happen. And I take no responsibility for it. I put no faith to it. But because God said it, it's going to happen. I'm going to tell you something, folks. Things in the kingdom don't happen that way. The only way that words actually become a manifestation is when people receive it in faith and take ownership of it in a conception and carry it to its completion. You got to hear this tonight. You got to hear it. It's not an automatic. Well, gosh, I mean, I'm, I remember years ago, so and so was called out, and, you know, hands were laid on them so much they went bald. And it was the same word and the same word, and, and nothing happened. Well, did that person engage in that word? Did they give themselves over to that word? You know, I'm a messenger. Have you noticed that? I'm a messenger. I'm sowing seed all the time. I'm sowing seed all the time. I'm a messenger. I'm speaking to the very atmosphere of this region, what it's supposed to do, that it's supposed to give itself over to the kingship and the lordship of Jesus Christ. I'm sowing seed to the body. I am heralding the word of the Lord. This is God's will. This is God's will. This is God's dream for revival and awakening and outpouring for the saturation of the atmosphere. This is God's will. But it has to be believed. It has to be carried and received by faith. Are you hearing this? You have to take responsibility for it. You can't just ride on someone else's coattails. I'm going to say it to you like this. You can't just ride on someone else's faith. And a lot of people... They like to do that. They'll, like, they'll, they'll just hitchhike. Are you hearing me? They'll just hitch a ride with somebody else that's got passion, somebody that's got zeal, somebody that's got fervor. Let them pay the price. Just let them burn. Let them pay the price. I won't partner with it. I'll watch it. I won't give to it. I won't tithe. I won't pray. I will, now, now you're nervous. I won't give to it. I won't tie to it. I won't stand and pray. I won't intercede. I won't activate my faith with it. And we'll just watch and see if it happens. We'll just watch and see if it, if it happens. We'll, or we'll just watch and see if it, if it ends up just fizzling and burning out. That happens all the time. Lazy, weak, anemic believers do that. That's not who we are. It's not who we are. It's not who we are. So you got to activate the word. You got to activate it and you got to act upon it. You got to act upon it. Whew, my God. 
Abraham had to leave his country and his people. He had to go. Are you getting this tonight? Moses had to leave the burning bush and go to Pharaoh. He had to go. The church that was baptized in the Holy Spirit in the upper room with fire, they were commissioned by Jesus to go to the nations and disciple nations, and they had to go. Paul had to go to Rome. you got to go. You've got to put action to your faith. You've got to do what you're commissioned to do. You've got to enter into your calling. Man, I'm preaching strong. My God. Wish I was preaching to a stadium tonight. Esther had to go. Esther had to step out and confront Haman. She had to step out and go. It's not just about an exciting word, an exciting zeal, a moment of passion, a few good weeks and months of passion. No. you got to carry it to completion. And you know what? Because they went, signs and wonders followed them. Because you will go, Signs and wonders will follow you. My God. Prophecy is conditional because it must be believed. It must be believed. And if you don't believe, nothing will follow it. Prophecy speaks into a person's potential over and over and over. And God is speaking life-giving seed words and potential over an individual. But if that person refuses to believe it and step into that word and start carrying it to its completion, you're not going to see it manifest. Wow. Thank you. Now, I want to tell you what the exception to this is. You ready for the exception? The exception to God's promises being sovereign stops right here, and it stops at end-time prophecy. Because there is not anything that you can do to change the prophetic word of the Lord concerning the end times. Nothing. We can't pray and fast that there's not going to be an antichrist. You know, there's going to be one. No, really, there's going to be one. No praying and fasting is going to remove a one-world government system. No praying and fasting is going to remove the abomination of desolation where the, where the Antichrist sets himself up in the new Jewish temple and declares himself and decrees himself to be God. See, whether we believe it or not, it doesn't matter. It's going to happen. It's just, it's just like this. In this hour, there are scoffers, there are naysayers, there are mockers. You know what they are? Of Jesus' return. And, and you know what? Jesus' return isn't based on whether you believe it or not. It's because he said it. He's going to return. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There's a total difference when it comes to the end times. And ladies and gentlemen, after 2,000 years... The word of Isaiah, who is mentoring us tonight, as that I'm preaching out of, it was Isaiah that said, Shall a nation be born in a day? Yet when Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. And on May 14th, 1948, Israel was reborn. Think of that. And we are living in the, in the hour and the era where Jesus will literally physically return to Jerusalem to set up his kingdom and his throne on earth. Come on and shout. He's going to establish his throne. Whether the world believes it or not, whether the world mocks it or not, it doesn't matter. He's coming. But what we're talking about tonight is the prophetic decree and the word of the Lord over us as the ecclesia, as the church in this hour. Are we just going to whittle back and be those that just attend church and 
you know, feel like we're doing God a good favor because we show up for church? Or are we actually going to be the church that we are a part of, that the gates of hell don't prevail against us? And we corporately begin to move in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, exposing the powers of darkness and dealing with them triumphantly. I've made my choice. I've been invited into the lion's share. <laughs> Woo! It's like lightning in here. I'm getting blessed, Rick. Come on. We're moving into a new era. We're moving into a new time. The prophets are declaring it. A new era is coming for the church. I believe we're in the birth pains. And you know what? It's not just hard for you. I know it's hard for you. I know it's hard for you. It's hard for everybody right now. You're not alone in this. It is hard for everybody right now. Everybody is in the wine press. Everybody is at the place of Gethsemane, which means the wine press, where Jesus went into that garden and he knelt down in agony and fear came upon Jesus and he was in anguish and he felt that press so much so that he said father if there can be another way let it be then he said oh yes lord but father not my will but yours be done and he submitted and yielded himself to consecrate fully in that garden that we walked through on the Mount of Olives. He was in the wine press. I'm telling you, every one of us are in that turbulence and that wine press of the Spirit of God. Why? There is going to come a breaking forth. A breaking forth. A birthing of the power church. Of the triumphant church. Of the glorious church on the earth. Before Jesus' glorious return, doing signs and wonders, what's going to happen? What's going to happen when radical, radical obedience? take shape in the church and people start moving in the power of the spirit in New York City downtown casting out devils healing the sick raising the dead and it's captured all over let's just say Fox News I don't want to say the other network <laughs> sorry if that offends you get over it what's going to happen What's going to happen? What's going to happen when God starts moving throughout our stadiums in power? Our, I'm, not, I'm not just talking about just regular church gatherings or another Lou Engel gathering. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about God moving on you in power, and power starts breaking out. I've told this dream before. I had a powerful dream a year and a half ago. I was walking through the Ohio State University Buckeyes football field. There were thousands in the crowd. I was on the field where the players play. And there were hundreds of bodies laying in front of me. And they looked like fish that were caught in a pond and thrown up on the bank. You know what fish do when they're thrown up on the bank? What do they do? They flip and flop all over. They're gasping for air. I was walking through this just a sea of people. There had to be two to three hundred young people, college students, laying on the grass. And me and other ministers were walking through them. And we were, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we were releasing them and casting demons out of them. And everybody in the crowd was watching this. And there was news outlets that were right there capturing it live. As we were exercising the authority over darkness for all to see. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not. 
You understand, the world's mindset has been transformed by believing horror films. A whole generation was seduced over by the movie The Exorcist. Then we went to Ghostbusters and all kinds of silly stuff so we could introduce satanic stuff that people would just laugh at, think was casually funny. What's going to happen when the church starts dealing with the enemy in a divine confrontation? What's going to happen when God raises up his company of Elijahs that are willing to step out and say, okay, all right, enough is enough. See, right now, we have Satanists and the occult cursing our president, having masses and gatherings, drinking blood, trying to put curses on the president of the United States. Open on the streets now. What's going to happen? What's going to happen when God's Elijah company steps forward and begins to deal with the devil head on? Come on. You let yourself go there. And we'll see who the Lord our God really is. That he still answers by fire. He still answers by fire. It's where we're going. My God, y'all okay? Am I too much for you tonight? I'm far from done. Thank you. God's word has to be met with a yes. God's word demands to be met with a yes. That's the only way. When you hear a word from the Lord, when you hear a divine assignment, something in you that agrees that is called faith has to come alive. That you're willing to carry it to what materializes. See, I don't just tell you those dreams. I don't just tell you those dreams so that they're like little pom-poms and high-kicking moments and messages. Those dreams are coming. Those dreams are coming. Those days are coming. We are racing towards those, those days. And they're going to materialize. There's an intensity that's going to materialize. And the church that is playing games is, is going to run and hide. It's called the separation between the men and the boys. But those that are carrying the fire of the Lord in their spirit, men and women and children will carry the lion's share and move in the power and move in the exploits of the glory of God and reveal Jesus. Reveal Jesus. Remember the Apostle Paul. I want you to go to 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1. My God. My God. He told his spiritual son a prophetic word. In verse 18, I'm in the New King James Version. Are you there? Are you there? 1 Kings. I'm sorry, 1 Kings. My God, I'm, I'm living in Elijah's life right now. First, he's, we're in 1 Timothy. i got to keep my Bible straight. Right after 1 Kings, just go right into 1 Timothy. <laughs> That's a joke. In verse 18, he says, I charge, this charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage a good warfare. I want you to see this. I commit to you, my son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made about you, that by these prophecies you will wage a good warfare. Now I'm going to read this to you out of the message translation. You ready? Guys, are you still with me for real? Are you still with me? He says this. He says, I'm passing on this work to you, Timothy. The prophetic word that was directed to you, prepared us for this. All those prayers are now coming together. So you will do well. All those prayers are coming together now. So you will do well, fearless in your struggle, keeping a firm grip on your faith and yourself. After all, this is, this is a fight that we're in. I want you to see that. Watch these words. All the prayers are now coming together. 
All the prayers are now coming together. All the prayers are now coming together. Do you feel it? You see where it's going? All this intercession, all this intercession, the cloud of witnesses that has been watching your life, watching over your destiny, cheering you on, the Lord at the right hand of the Father interceding for you, the prayers and the intercession around the world. You know, there are, pr there are prayers coming up out of the persecuted church in other nations for the children of God in America. They're interceding and praying for us. And all these prayers are now culminating and coming together. And it's about to break forth. You know what's happening? It's like a battering ram. Do you see it? It's like a battering ram. These prayers, power. And it's going to release and open doors into a new era to the manifestations of the sons of God. <laughs> give, give me a thousand of that right there. That's how you receive it. You got to see it. It's building to an epic crescendo. There's a defining moment coming. Now, what, what a defining moment. Is it a moment that uh, uh, suddenly you get your moment in the spotlight and you get to shine? And, and now everyone knows your name. And now you're a celebrity in the Christian church. And now you're a hero. No. Oh, no. No, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. But I'm telling you the tipping point. The tipping point are those who decide the moment. And you know where they are? They are the ones that are hidden away tucked away in the place of prayer behind closed doors that Jesus said, when you pray, go in and shut the door behind you. And those that are in the place of prayer that are standing as the heavenly intercessors, that are bombarding heaven with their prayers and filling the bowls, they're going to have their day. They're going to have their day. They're going to see the kingdom of God manifested. It's who we are. It's who we are. My notes are having notes up here. My notes are getting pregnant. While, while you're sitting there, my notes are just getting pregnant. I mean, they're just, they're, 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 they're everywhere. I'm going to close in just a second. I want you to write this down tonight, please. If you're not taking notes, write it down. Hear this tonight. We are to give voice to the will of God to this planet. We are to give voice to the will of God for this planet. I want you to write this down. We are to give voice to the purposes of the Holy Spirit who has already given us the advantage. You are here to be God's voice. You and I are here to awaken the conscience of this nation. I'm going to say that again. You and I are here to awaken the conscience of this nation. We are living in a land, and you all know, we are living in a land and a nation who, who has completely lost its ability to blush. You and I are here to be that voice to this planet for the will of God to be made manifest. We are here to be the voice, to awaken the very soul, the very conscience of a nation. And if you can receive it, we are called to lead a prodigal nation back to the house of the Father. That's what we're anointed to do. And I say we can do it. I say we 
have been prepared to do this. You have been given authorization to do this. You have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. And that spirit is the one who commands all the armies of angels in the heavenly places. And they are here to assist us to get the job done. So this is what I see. This is where I close. The Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary. It's going to be different than what, what, what you think. It's not about you being with a man. It's not about you being with a man. This is completely in another realm because God's thoughts are not like our thoughts. His, his ways are not like our ways. It's not going to be like that, Mary. The Holy Spirit is going to overshadow you. And the Holy One to be born will be conceived in you. You see? You see whose ministry really excels? It's the Holy Spirit's ministry. The Holy Spirit in His ministry, while we're doing our stuff, while we're being faithful, while we're singing, while we're leading people and singing our songs and releasing those prophetic declarations, we're doing our work and there you are and you're, you're doing your stuff and I'm doing my stuff right now and you're doing your stuff where you do your stuff. But you know what excels beyond all of our stuff? The Holy Spirit's ministry of Him overshadowing us. Are you seeing this? This is not going to be about what we can do in the natural. But the word of the Lord is this. God will give no word without the power to back it up. Mary, the word, the rhema over your life is that nothing will be impossible to God. And when God releases a word, it will never return back to him void. It will accomplish all he gives it an assignment to do. You need to be encouraged tonight. God's word prevails over you. Have you had a lot of things go wrong? Have you had a lot of ambushes? Had a lot of setbacks? Two or three people in here? No, just a few. Just a few. Had some things go wrong on the journey? You, 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 you think God didn't know that that was going to happen? You think God didn't know that you were going to fall? You didn't know that, you, God, God didn't know it was going to go off on a detour? God didn't, God, he, listen, he prefigured that all in and still called you. Prefigured in all of our weaknesses and still called us. That's amazing. You know why? Because his ministry supersedes. It's exceedingly great. It's not about our strength. It's about his strength. It's about what he can do. It's about what he's going to do in this hour through his ecclesia, his church. Guys, the greatest days in church history, they're not behind us. We're about ready to step into them. Come on, stand to your feet tonight. Come on. Hallelujah. Let's give God one more mighty praise in this house. Come on, do it. Come on. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com.